everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes to Gold podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Aikov, and today we're talking about perfectionism. Why are we talking about perfectionism? Because it's one of the biggest problems people face when they work on their goals. And the name of this podcast is All It Takes is a Goal. So essentially, we're taking a deep dive on a huge enemy that wrecks so many people when it comes to their goals. Now, I think about perfectionism as fear dressed up in a tuxedo. It looks great. People often say, well, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, as if it's a character trait. But I like to say that perfectionism is a poison that pretends to be a vitamin. It actually doesn't help you. This is week four in our series. If you haven't heard the previous weeks, we'll link them in the show notes. Um, If this is your first time listening to this podcast, maybe you saw me at an event. I've been doing a lot of public speaking lately. I was in San Antonio on Friday, Phoenix on Saturday, and Nashville on Sunday this last week. It was really fun. Friday was 3,000 optometrists. I did an eyeball joke that absolutely killed that I can't do in any other room. Like it was such a specific joke for optometrists that like they loved it. But if I brought that joke anywhere else at any other event, they would be like, what, what is he talking about? I did a joke once for an HVAC convention and the punchline was carbon monoxide. Right now you're thinking that doesn't sound very funny. If you are, if you work in the HVAC industry, that, that joke killed. So I've been speaking a lot. So maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the podcast. You saw me at a speech. Um, if you haven't heard the previous episodes, don't worry. Each episode is designed to be standalone. Today's episode, we're going to focus on the four time zones that high achievers always navigate. We're going to talk about what does it take to navigate these time zones? You're going to love this episode, but first, Let's hear a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode. Quick question. What if you could guarantee the success of your goals? No, seriously. The book you want to write? Guaranteed. The business you want to start? Guaranteed. The exercise plan you want to stick with? Guaranteed. What if no goal was off limits? It's possible with the Guaranteed Goals community. The Guaranteed Goals community is my first ever membership program where you'll find the courage, connection, and most importantly, the community you need to win all your goals. Ever since I started hosting online challenges with tens of thousands of people from around the world, the number one request people sent me was for a private non-Facebook community where we can all work on our goals together. That's why I created the Guaranteed Goals community on a user-friendly platform where you won't be overwhelmed with endless dance videos, silly reels, and dog memes. Inside this community, in addition to learning my fail-proof formula for achieving goals, you'll get access to a massive course library, check-ins with my team for accountability, the chance to win awesome prizes, 12 VIP Q&A sessions with me, the ability to team up with other members who are working on similar goals as you, and so much more. A year from now, I want you to be thankful for the way you invested in yourself and your goals today. Join me at acuff.me slash goals. That's A-C-U-F-F dot M-E backslash goals. I'll see you there. All right, let's jump right into it. So last week we talked about why one of the most important things you need when you start a goal is a base. A base being here's the starting line. A lot of times people don't take initial measurements and they do all this work and they can't easily see how far they've come because they didn't have a base, a base beginning. 
And the second thing we talked about was how do you build a 1% win that leads to 100% success? If you haven't heard that episode, definitely check it out. It's linked in the show notes. Now, I want to start today's episode with a soundtrack that has really helped me with my own perfectionism. Do you remember what a soundtrack is? I've talked about it probably 19 million times on this podcast, but a soundtrack is my phrase for a repetitive thought. It's a thought you listen to again and again and again. Soundtracks can be positive or negative, but they always leave an impact on you. And a few weeks ago, a good friend taught me a new soundtrack that I think could help you too. Now, first, I need to make a bit of a confession. I think I'm going to probably end up playing shuffleboard. I know that pickleball is the new shuffleboard, but given my, like, my desire for acting like an old man, I know I'm going to end up on a shuffleboard court or field or pitch. I don't know what the phrase is. Like That's going to happen sooner than I think. The older I get, the more I find myself liking things I thought only old people liked, such as walks. I'm a huge walk guy now. Whenever somebody asks me to coffee, I usually flip the script on them and I'm like, hey, what if instead, um, what about we go on a walk? And a lot of times they're like, wait, what? What are you, a thousand years old? What is this, the movie Cocoon or Cocoon 2? Return to Cocoon? I don't think that was the subtitle of that movie. It was a, a very boring movie. It's one of the few movies I've walked out of. I can remember being in the theater going, what am I doing? I'm like 17. This is not a fun movie for me, but I'm a huge walk guy now. I love walks. Do you feel that way? Do you like a walk too? For me, like I like the fresh air. I like a little bit of exercise endorphins. I like the sunshine. And I like that we don't have to awkwardly stare into each other's eyes constantly. I find it easier to talk next to someone instead of at someone. I find it easier. Let me say that again, to talk next to someone instead of at someone. So a few weeks ago, I was on my weekly walk with my good friend, Nate. We were recapping our weeks and I mentioned to him that one of my goals for the year was around leadership. I've never thought of myself as a leader, but now that I've, I've got a, a handful of employees, it turns out I am in fact a leader. I, I am. Whether or not I feel like it, I am. I'm leading this company that I'm building. And I told him the challenge is that I'm a bad leader. I said, yeah, it's, it's hard right now because ugh, I'm a bad leader. And he listened to me ramble for a few minutes like a good friend will. And then he said, I think that might be a broken soundtrack. It's always fun when friends or my family will like call me out on my own concepts. My kids do that all the time. Like they'll say something from a book and be like, I feel like you maybe should cut that goal in half. It feels too aggressive, too big. That's from the book Finish. And so they'll call me out on my own stuff. And so Nate was like, I think that might be a broken soundtrack. Now a broken soundtrack is one that isn't true helpful or kind. And I'm a bad leader is a true soundtrack. At this given moment, I'm not a particularly good leader. But saying that to myself certainly isn't helpful and it certainly isn't kind. And he continued. He continued his thought. And here's the second part of his thought. He said, John, instead of saying I'm a bad leader, you should say I'm a new leader. And that that was a lightning bolt of insight for me. I still remember where I was standing when he said that. That was so clarifying for me. Can you imagine what would happen if you switched out bad for new? You wouldn't say, I'm bad at running. You'd say, I'm new. I'm new at running. This is new to me. You wouldn't say, I'm bad at writing this book. You'd say, I'm new at writing this book. You wouldn't say, I'm a bad mom. You'd say, I'm a new mom. 
Now, I know what you're thinking. Like, maybe right now you're thinking, well, I'm the mom of a 13-year-old, so technically I'm not a new mom. But here's what you need to remember about parenting. You're a new mom of a 13-year-old. You were a new mom of a six-year-old at one point, and now they're 13. You were a new mom of a nine-year-old. At every age, you're a new mom. Every kid is different. Every age is different. Every year is different. Every grade in school is different. The reality is you're always a new parent. Say that with me again, louder for the people in the back. I don't know what the back of what, maybe there's like a group of people listening to this podcast at the same time. You're always a new parent. Write that down on a post-it note. You're always a new parent. And then instead of feeling that sense of shame that shuts you down, feel a sense of hope that keeps you going. Bad pauses you, new nudges you. They're both three letter words, but what a world of difference it makes when you use one and not the other. Make that trade today. Swap that out. Stop saying bad. Start saying new. Now, I wasn't initially planning on sharing that today, but again, it's helped me personally a lot lately, and I thought it might help you too. The rest of the ideas I share today will be in one of my books someday. I don't know which one. I don't know when I'll write it, but I love the ideas I'm going to share so much today that they're going to graduate to book status. That's how I think about my content, by the way. I test my content online. I try to answer questions like this. Is it helpful? Is this idea, is this tool, is this concept, is it actually helpful? Did people connect with it? Like, could I see people going, oh, I get that. That makes sense. I can apply that to my life. Did it lead to life change? Like, did I get to see lives change with this idea? If I can answer yes to those questions, then I'll graduate the content to maybe a podcast episode like this. Then from a podcast episode, I'll develop it into challenge content. I teach challenges online. We have a goal community called um, the Guaranteed Goals Community. It's, you can find out more at acuff.me slash goals. Then for those rare ideas that I really like, I'll deep dive on them and put them into an actual book. That's a little behind the scenes for you, a little how the sausage is made, if you will. But ultimately, it's just another tool I've learned to win the race against perfectionism. If I sit down one day to, quote, write a book, like if I make an appointment in my calendar with myself and I'm like, today, today we're writing a book, I get, I get a little bit paralyzed. A book exists forever. Like the ideas that go into it better be good. What if the second I put an idea into a book, I realize, oh, I should have tweaked it or changed it or said it in a different way. What if I think the idea is good, but the minute it hits the fresh air, it's like one of those ideas you write down in the middle of the night that you think is genius only to wake up and realize, what does this, this is dumb. All of those broken soundtracks get really loud when I start creating a new book, which is why I test and shape my ideas long before they land in a book. I don't want my first ideas in a book. I want my best ideas. And I think today's might be one of them, but let's find out together. It's a new idea about time. When you think about time or time management or productivity, any of those topics, what do you think is the biggest challenge you face? I think most of us would say, I don't have enough time or I have too many things to do and I don't know how to get them all done in the amount of time I have. Maybe you'd say, I have big goals and big hopes and big dreams, but I feel like I never have time to work on them. Perfectionism might get in the mix too and say, if you had the perfect amount of time, you could get it all done. Or you should be able to accomplish this task faster. Time is a tricky thing to talk about because we know it's our most valuable resource, but it's also our most limited. You can, you can always make more money. 
You can even make more friends. But when time is gone, it's gone forever. When we hear realities like that, it's natural to think the biggest challenge I face when it comes to time is that there's not enough. I don't think that's true though. I think the biggest challenge is we give our time to the wrong things. I think we have a lot of time, more time than we actually think, but we need to learn how to invest it. And learning to invest our time starts with understanding two words, value and energy. This hit me one day. It hit me that every action in your life does two things. It gives value and it takes energy. Every action gives value and it takes energy. Whether it's a goal-related action that you're tracking, it's a meeting at work, a phone call with a friend, all of life hinges on those two things. Let's use a simple illustration to make sure you're making the best use of your time. So I want you to use your imagination. This is gonna be like, and imagine this session, but it's such a simple illustration. You don't have to pull your car over and draw it. You can hold this idea in your head very easily. Imagine a horizontal line. So a flat horizontal line. On the left side of the line, it says low value. On the right side of the line, it says high value. So you've got a line going from low value to high value. Every action you take, meeting you attend, book you read, podcast you listen to, email you write, falls somewhere on this line. It's either low value or it's high value. It's either a tremendous return on investment and you'd move heaven and earth to do it again, or it's a waste of time and you you don't get anything from it. Let's say you're trying to lose a few pounds. What are the actions you're doing? You could, number one, run a, a mile around your neighborhood. That's an action. You could drink more water as part of your health plan. You could read a book about weight loss. You could participate in a health-focused Facebook group. You could take an orange theory class. You could follow motivational fitness accounts on Instagram. You could throw away foods that are tempting in your house. You could pack healthy snacks for road trips. You could track all your results with a fitness app. You could text friends for accountability. Any one of those actions has a value to it, but they're not all the same value, right? I mean, for example, taking an Orange Theory class, and I'm not sponsored by them, I'm just using it as an example, is probably toward the high value end of the line, whereas following motivational fitness accounts is on the lower end of the spectrum, right? There's still value, but, but which would you get more value out of? 30 minutes of exercise or 30 minutes of scrolling Instagram? Or what about reading a book about weight loss versus an action like throwing away foods that are tempting in your house? Reading books is obviously awesome. I write books. You should buy all of them in bulk. Babies need shoes. But reading a book is probably firmly in the middle of the line between low value and high value. On the other hand, if you tend to overeat ice cream, like that's your thing. Mine is queso. I joke about queso a lot, but it's it's often less of a joke and really a cry for help. No one person should eat the amount of cheese I desire to eat. It's too, it's too much cheese. I'll just be honest with you. It's too much cheese. But let's say for you, you tend to overeat ice cream. Throwing away your ice cream might be a great high value action for you. Like if that's a huge unnecessary temptation, that might be a high value action for you. We're not trying to get an exact reading for each of these actions. Don't let perfectionism come in and tell you that. We're trying to start assigning a rough value to the things that we're giving our time to. Now, let's look at the second line that comes into play because there's another line. Here's here's the next step of the illustration, the, the one you're holding in your head. Imagine a vertical line that bisects the horizontal line. 
like, so now we've got a plus sign, a plus symbol, if you will. On the top of that line, at the very top, you would write high energy. And on the very bottom of the line, you'd write low energy. So that line goes from top, high energy, all the way down to low energy. Every action you do falls somewhere on that line too. A low energy action is something you could practically do in your sleep. Doesn't wear you out. You could do it on a Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. at the very end of a week and you'd still be absolutely fine. It's a low energy action. A high energy action is just the opposite. High energy actions require peak performance, peak focus, peak enthusiasm. Giving a speech falls on that side of things. The car ride back to the airport after you've given the speech is low energy. Let's jump back to our health example. An example of high energy action is running a mile in the neighborhood. Can we all agree that takes a high energy level to accomplish? What about drinking more water? Like it might be annoying at times. You might feel like, oh, it's so much water. Ugh. But it's not a high energy action. Most of the time you barely notice you're doing it. Not to pick on Instagram again, but scrolling through motivational fitness accounts definitely takes less energy than packing healthy snacks for a road trip. That takes planning and shopping and packing. All Instagram requires is a thumb. You, you have a thumb, probably even two. When you draw this illustration, which is just two lines in the shape of a plus sign, you see there's four different quadrants, four different zones, if you will. I'm going to spend the next few weeks breaking them down, but the four zones are the urgent zone, high energy and low value. So if you think about this like a clock, this one goes from nine to 12 on a clock. That's that high energy and low value. Then there's the distraction zone. That's low energy and low value. That's from six to nine. And then you have important, which is high energy and high value. High energy, high value. That's from 12 to three on a clock. And then the last one is the brilliant zone. That's low energy and high value. Can you guess where we want to spend most of our time? The important zone and the brilliant zone. Can you guess where we tend to spend most of our time? the urgent zone and the distraction zone. So how do we change that? We'll find out in next week's episode. Boom, 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 cliffhanger. But let me review that quickly. You've got four different zones you have to navigate as a high achiever. There's the urgent zone, high energy. It's really like takes a lot of energy to do, but you get low value out of it. It's not a good return on investment. There's the distraction zone, which is low energy, and low value. It doesn't cost you a lot of energy, but it also doesn't give you a lot of value either. Then you've got the important zone, high energy. It takes a high amount of energy for you to accomplish it, but you get a high value. And then the best zone, the brilliant zone, low energy. It doesn't take you a lot of energy to accomplish it, but you still get a high value. We're going to spend the next few weeks talking about each of those zones so that you know how to navigate them and have some tools to spend the majority of your time in the important zone and the brilliant zone. Those are the four zones we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you were able to draw that illustration in your head. Simply, it's, it's two lines. So it's very, very simple. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. Here's one from Always Dream in Disney. It's a great name, by the way. I'm a big Disney fan too. Uh, my favorite... 
My favorite park is definitely like Magic Kingdom, old school Magic Kingdom. I still haven't stayed at the Polynesian. I think that's the like that's the resort that growing up my friend um, Mark and his family stayed there and I was always very jealous and I was like someday I'm going to stay there. I still haven't. From what I hear is you can serve yourself Dole Whip. They have this pineapple like frozen treat that they sell in the park, but I've heard a rumor that the Polynesian in like the lobby there's a self-serve Dole Whip machine which I whew, I could get into. I could really get about that. But here's what Always Dream in Disney said. I have been following John in the socials for probably about seven years now. I've been listening to this podcast since its inception, and I really love all the practical advice John gives with his endearing sense of humor. I feel like he is rooting for my goals. Thank you, John. Well, thank you for saying that, Always Dream in Disney. And you're right. I am rooting for your goals. I love seeing folks like you finish the goals they care about. Please make sure you subscribe or follow so you don't miss another episode. I'll see you next Monday. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast. podcast.